Blog Talk Radio. Jay Talks to the People Radio. I am the host, Jay, speaking now. Welcome back to another edition this episode. Thank you for tuning in once more, once again. I'm glad I'm able to do so. There were some issues with actually getting this show up and running. I didn't think I was going to be able to get it going again. I was experiencing some difficulty yesterday getting everything prepared, but I stuck with it, stuck by it, kept moving forward. As they say, the show must go on. So thank you for all of taking the time out, stopping by just a little while to listen to the show and to join in on the broadcast. Phone line is always open at 773-897-6235. Email communication is always open. Sending email to jtalks to the people at yahoo.com. If you're very media savvy and podcast savvy with all the different sites out there, you can find this show, J Talks to the People, at iTunes or on iTunes. I'm actually just checking out iTunes at this present time, and I'm looking at the different episodes present in the past. Seeing quite a few of you are checking out and circling around the episode with This is Jay Talks to the People, the Think About It series, installment six. Of course, that was dealing with the abortion issue. And the previous episode before that, think about it, installment five. And then before that, what's on your mind? Jess versus Mike. They're talking about police laws and basically police I would say unscrupulous brutality and unnecessary action and behavior coming down to, of course, the episode I had with Miss Rain. That was the Tupac Shakur part one episode. They're expecting to make a part two of that. It's in the works so forth and so on. So that is the iTunes. So a lot of you familiar with iTunes, you can easily find the show there, as well as Google Play, Stitcher, Spreaker, SoundCloud, various other sites. 
So we definitely have quite a few topics to get to today with my guest, Mr. Baxter. I'll bring him on in just momentarily. So getting into current events in the world of politics. Going to be getting into that today. And also, if you check out YouTube, Jay Talks to the People, there's a YouTube channel. There was a recently uploaded video of the one of the previous episodes, I believe from last year. It was episode with Miss Rain discussing money management and how to safeguard your funds and financial estate and capital. capital. And then also be on the lookout for what? Facebook. Got a Facebook account? Go to Facebook and search Jay Talks to the People. And you will find Jay, uh, Jay Talks to the People Facebook group. And there should be a new update coming there soon. Mr. Baxter, welcome to the show today. Thanks for having me. No problem. So, basically, what is, do you have like a a platform or what is your area of expertise? My area of expertise is legal. Legal. I'm in the legal field. That's my skill, legal. Human and constitutional rights. So the knowledge of laws and rights and amendments and along those lines? Is it along those lines? Correctly. Correctly. Okay. Do you have a platform like a YouTube channel or anything like that? No, I haven't put up one yet. I mean, it's in the making. It's in the working. I'll be putting up one by the end of the year. There's a lot going on right now. I'm very heavily involved politically. So I'm concentrating on campaigns, issues, and politics, and trying to get people out to vote for the right candidate. All right. So to start off with, well, what are your thoughts on the Trump administration about what is, you know, he been doing so far? Has he been making a lot of progress with, the, with his policy? Um, President Trump has made making great progress. Um, he has um, he has provided more jobs now. Uh, as he said, uh, he made some promises during the election, and his promises he made have been kept to a T. He's moving forward. He's growing. He's building. He has some strong opposition to him. There's strong opposition okay. to him, but that does not stop the president from doing his job as the President of the United States of America. And are you familiar by now with the the media and the news with this video of Trump in this wrestling parody with CNN? I am familiar with it. I'm very familiar with it. I, I witnessed it. I saw it. I am familiar with it. <laughs> oh, so, with so some it. have emphasized some have emphasized that this is a symbol of, of violence, something that the president should not be, you know, characterized or have a picture 
be looked at as a pawn? Do you do you feel that this video or this image is any type of negative negativity against the president, or is it or is it no harm at all? I don't believe it's no. I don't believe it's any harm to him or dismissive to him. Because many people have. I'm not going to say many. I'll say a few people have threatened the president publicly. They have made some very bad threats against the president. And so his action does not justify their action, but his action was not threatening to no one. He says the media is fake and it's fake. And so he was making a statement that it's fake news is fake news, taking the media out, exposing the hypocrisy of the media establishment. They have, they have reported on him in a bad way. And they have not given the people the right information about the president and his agenda. And so I had an episode, many, many episodes back, entitled uh, To Be Politically Correct or Not to Be Politically Correct. So with this president now in office, do you see that there's a great polarity of how the political correctness is uh, viewed by him and how his attitude towards it versus the last president? Well, I'm not going to compare uh, President Trump uh, to President Obama. I'm not going to make a comparison between the two. Okay? Uh, politically correct. <laughs> it's nothing politically correct. It is what it is. The president is doing his job you have an agenda. He came into office. He was elected into office. People backed him up. Blacks backed him up. Latino backed him up. Jews backed him up. Muslims backed him up. He's in office. He's elected president. We have to accept him as our president, as the 45th president. We have to accept that. We accept the Obama as the 44th president with no grievances. But now, all of a sudden, to pick out wages, voice against Trump as the president. In marching around the city every day, almost every week, I would say, the march occurred on the 15th and 25th against President Trump. One of our members was assaulted recently, uh, was attacked, and he incurred serious damage to his face. We're not going to have that. We're not going to have that. If you can deal with us as Trump supporters in intelligent fashion, then you should not be in the arena. As the saying goes, if the kitchen is too hot, get out of it. We're not going to back down for no one. We support the president. We vote for him. We campaign for him. He's in office, and we're going to continue to support him and campaign for him. He ran in 2020 and stopped. He started his election in off already for 2020, and it's going forward. It's not going to be stopped. I want to say this to you and to your audience. President Trump was elected by divine intervention. Divine intervention. That's my view. Divine intervention. He could not have made the election without God intervening in that affair. He had some powerful force up against him. Hillary Clinton, big money. Even Michael Bloomberg came out against Trump, and he won. Think about that. Think about that. Big name came out against Trump, opposed to him doing the election, and he won. He won. That's divine intervention. God intervened in that process. With all the money that Hillary Clinton had, Obama speaking, Michelle speaking, Michael Bloomberg coming out, even Bill Blatter, he was the last speaker at the convention, last speaker for a reason. They let him speak last. He even came out against Trump, and he and Trump won. All these names, and Trump still won. They could not stop him. 
Because God was in the process. Whether you believe it or not, I'm telling you from my point of view, God was in the process of his election. So I say to the world that his election was by divine intervention. And that's why I'm with now, just Now, just shifting the gears a bit, uh, moving into this topic of societal norms and conventions and for example, you know, people, you know, expect typically that everyone celebrates a particular holiday, follow certain trends in society. They also expect you to be following a specific specific sports team that you're currently in the town that you're living in, as well as expecting the person to be in a relationship or have a companion with someone or someone of your own tribe or so-called race. How do you think all of this comes about and what continues to drive drive all of this, those examples I just gave? Uh, I believe that it's, it's programmed. It's programmed norms. People have been programmed, and they have to deprogram themselves. We're not conformed to a certain community, although we come from a certain community, we're not conformed to that community. You put limitation, we put limitation on ourselves. And so we are programmed, we have to deprogram ourselves. I don't conform to the norms of the society, because once you conform to the norms of the society, they control you. So I try and to, does- and I. I try to, and I motivate myself to be above that. I'm not better than no one else. I'm just different. I'm unique. Program. Because once you conform to your program, you're controlled. And you can be a walking pick bomb. That's not good, by the way. That's the key word, being being unique. Uh, how, does one, uh, de-pro- how, does, how does one deprogram themselves? Getting the relationship with God, the God of their understanding. And being in the world but not of the world. Rising above your Lord, your Lord's desire. Being spiritually illuminated. Okay. All right, folks. Well, there you have it. This is a little taste of my guest today. This is the host, Jay. Special guest, Mr. Baxter. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. A lot more to come. You're my sweet and tender love. Even as long as I may live. Oh, you're my darling, darling baby. You're my sweet and tender love. You're a very special lady. You're a It's more so about you feeling good about yourself, and then you're going to attract certain people. The problem is, is that we we um, it's, this is the thing. Instead of like, if a guy sees a girl, he's like, I want that girl, and if I don't get that girl, 
then, you know, it sucks. You understand? It's not necessarily about that girl. It's about you being the type of man who can get women in general, women, period, because sometimes you might not get that girl because that girl is not going to be into you for whatever reason it is. You feel what I'm saying? So by focusing too much on that one particular girl, then you're really, like, messing things up for yourself. You understand? And then that's going to make you feel like, oh, well, you know, I'm a loser, I suck, and nobody likes me because you're putting all your eggs in that one basket. You're looking at her as a representation of, of women. You understand what I'm saying? Instead of understanding that, you know, she's just this one girl who, you know, isn't feeling you, and that's cool, that's okay. You understand what I'm saying? It is what it is. Join us at 773-897-6235. All right. Um, thank you so much for giving me the platform to be able to speak to the people. Uh, most black Americans suffer due to racism or the lack of more character. Well, it, 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 it is a false equivalency. It is neither. It is. So they're not suffering due to racism and both. And they're it's not more than both. But you, you give me too many answers. But that's all you can get, though. I mean, everything is not a soundbite. There, there are some no, no, I want to know, is it yes, are they suffering due to racism or the lack of moral character? It is not either or. It so they are both. not suffering due to racism, and they are not suffering due it to the lack of moral It is both and, and some more. Does racism affect black employment? Yes. Uh, are there other things that affect black employment? Certainly there are. Racism is one of them. Uh, perhaps some character issues depending on who the person is. Let me let me go back to this. First, I want to say that racism doesn't exist. It's an illusion. What do you say about that? I say that's silly. Do you say that's silly? Yes, sir. Why do you say it's silly? Well, I've been called names enough to know that racism exists. But that could be because they just hated you. They made a judgment, and they hate you, not because you're color. They just hate you. <laughs> do you ever have fights with family members? No, I refuse. But, you know, family members do fight, right? Sure. And uh, is that racist? Not necessarily. And so why is it that when blacks and whites fight, is racism? You're oversimplifying reality. Does the Bible say that we have a race issue or a spiritual issue? The problem with us when it comes to race relations is not skin but sin. 
And so that issue of our problem starts on the inside, person's heart. And so the Bible says that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, uh-huh. but against spirits and principalities and wickedness in high places, yes. meaning that it has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with male and female. It's good versus evil. Am I right about that? I believe you're right about that. So then why should children of God go along with the children of the lie and call it racism when it's really not racism, something that we doesn't exist, never has existed, and, and because it doesn't exist, we can't solve it. You, Why not call that what it is? So you actually is, think racism has never existed? Right. Do you think you could trace your family history back to a thing called slavery, or is that my imagination? I can. As a matter of fact, you know, I, slavery was racism? No. You weren't. Your parents were black people who owned slaves. That's well. not my point. The point is, why were you a slave? Because you just happened to own me. But well, let me tell you, but it had nothing to do with your race. Well, is no. there a reason why the preponderance of slaves in America they were just accidentally black? Or? But you know, white people have been enslaved as well by other of whites, course. right? And then blacks have been enslaved by other blacks, and in parts of Africa, they're right. still is. Uh, is that racism? What, probably not. No. Yes or no? I said probably not. I know, but I need a yes or no. You're a pastor, so uh-huh. I, I want to try to help people. No, I understand it. Is but, that racism when black? When blacks enslave other blacks, other blacks. Yeah. Uh, it can be racism, sir. That blacks enslave other blacks? It can be. Yes. How's that? I'm black, you're black, I take you to the white slaveholder because you're black. That's racism on my part and his. But we're not talking about white on black race, uh, slavery. In Africa, black on black. Yeah. Slavery, no white people uh-huh. around. Yeah. Is that racism? All right, folks, thank you for listening, tuning in to Jay Talk to the People. Jay Talk to the People, I am the host, Jay, sitting in with my special guest, Mr. Baxter. Now you can find the show at the www.blogtalkradio.com slash Jay Talk to the People. Mr. Baxter, are you enjoying the show so far, sir? Yes, I am, sir. We're a great exchange recently. Now that clip you just heard, uh, what, were you, what are your thoughts on that clip? I believe that the brother is correct. He is correct. He raised a lot of consciousness. I don't believe that color plays a factor in everything. It racism do exist, but it's not the controlling factor. How one feel about you is not your problem. It's their problem. It's not your problem. If someone to you from a race perspective, it's their problem. That's your problem. So you should not give them control over you or power over you. You can defeat racism and race with love. Love will conquer hate. So anybody who hates you because of the color of your skin, conquer them with love. And they will surrender to you. They will bow down to you because you're superior than them. Not superior in the sense of you're better than them, but you are more wiser than them than they are. Race is not an issue with me. I get along with everybody. Yeah. I get along with everybody. Even an officer, police officer, who might have a, a racial disposition, I get along with him because I know how to deal with human beings. I know their thinking pattern. I know the difference between a human being and a beast. You have to conquer the beast in the individual who's a racist. You have to conquer the beast within yourself as well. Now, this next segment kind of somewhat relates to your area of knowledge. People have arguments 
that because something is law, so therefore it's plainly right. When it's someone's personal right, it's all right. That's the okie doke. You know, it's an argument. This argument could be used for abortion, same-sex marriage. Society follows or goes into government, and in turn it is government that changes according to the society that builds consensus, petition, lobbying, protests, until we all get these laws that weren't in effect before to legalize, like legalizing abortion, same-sex marriage, as I stated, simply by society driving this thing as the norms, as customs here in the U.S. So here are the basic majority rules. The majority rules, number one, through consensus, then consensus among society, government reacts to society. That's number one, two, three, and number four. Now it is law. Example, like the transatlantic slave, transatlantic slavery, segregation era, anti-miscegenation laws, they were all laws. Now, because they were all laws, did that make them justified acts and procedures, Mr. Baxter? No, sir. No, sir, it does not. These are all, these are all man-made laws. They're man-made laws. Grace law, there is the law that God has given you. That's number one law. All laws devolve from God. These laws that we are adhering to are man-made laws. They can be changed any day now. Like Obama, he changed same-sex marriage law with a stroke of a pen. Okay? He gave gay charity equal rights and the right to marriage with a stroke of a pen. It does not say that in the Constitution, but they changed it to fit their agenda, man-made law. Now, you got, you know, regions of this world right now as we speak. If you do research, they have legalized forms of pedophilia, bestiality, and some places like Malaysia, sodomy or, or buggery is illegal, but it's legal here in the U.S. Now, does this prove that right and wrong truly don't exist, or could it be that we are not paying attention to the fundamentals of all existence and the true order of the universe? What do you have to say about that? I will agree with your last statement that we're not paying attention to the fundamentals law of the universe. I have to agree with that part of your statement. It makes a lot of common sense. And we have to understand, one thing we have to understand, we're living in a bad time. When I say bad time, we're living in time where all things will be changed at appropriate time. So we have to go through all this trauma and madness in order for it to be good again. It will be good again, but there's going to be trouble before it becomes good. We must go to trials and tribulations. We're going to trials and tribulations. But at the end, it's victory. It's victory for those who will stand the course and hold on and keep their eyes on the prize. The prize is your victory, your success, your joy, your happiness, your eternal victory over the forces of evil evil and darkness. 
the brother said before, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and spiritual wickedness in high places. The war we're fighting is spiritual war. It's not a physical war, it's spiritual. That's why you have to become spiritual illuminator and conquer the forces of evil and those who challenge you in any shape, form, or fashion. You can defeat anybody to spirituality. Because most people are not spiritually illuminated. Most people are in the world and of the world. They call them minded. Now, can you define liberalism simply as doing and going about everything any old kind of way? That's the basic definition well, that's, of it? That's, okay, the definition of that is a mental illness. It's a mental illness, sir. It's a mental illness. Liberalism is a mental illness. It's a mental disorder. These are people who are sick, who should never have been put into society. And now that their sickness is coming out more now, we should continue to invest in mental health wards, build mental wards, and pay psychiatrists to treat people. Because they're really sick. They're really sick people. Liberalism is a sickness. It's not a way of life. It's a sickness. Whenever you can terrorize an individual because of their faith or their belief or their sexual orientation, you're very sick. Whenever you can take a person's rights away from them, you're very sick. Your mental disturbed. You need help. You're suffering from a mental disorder where there might not be a cure for you, but death. That's how sick liberalism has become. There might not be no cure for them. We have to end up killing them all. I don't want. I want to advocate, I'm not advocating violence, but I'm saying we may have come to that point. But they're real sick people. They don't know how to deal with another individual with intelligence. They attacked one of our members, our supporters. Trump supporter was attacked. They couldn't deal with him with intelligence because you don't like Donald Trump hat or you don't like the president. You don't attack nobody violently because of that. You like your intelligence. You would defeat them more with your intelligence. This is a, is a cause. It's a parasite. It's a parasite. And it's great. It's getting out of control. We have to deal with it now and today. And we're going down. As a society, as a human family, we're going down. We're going to deal with it now. Now, if liberalism is compatible with any religion, is liberalism compatible with any religion? Religion? No. No way. If, 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 you, want, if you want to look at it on them terms, religious terms, you can compare it with Satanism, with a cult. Satanism? Yeah. If you want to look at it on a religious term, you can compare it with that religious belief. Is it found, is liberalism found in in atheism or atheistic worldview? It can be, um, it's just having an overtone to atheism. It's an overtone to it. But the atheism don't believe in nothing. They don't believe in God. I'm not going to say they don't believe in nothing, but they don't believe in God. So they believe that what they're thinking and what they're doing is right. That is a form of liberalism. Now, is it possible to identify the start or origin of liberalism, or is it just the other side of the coin of virtue and principle? I believe everything can be identified at, to some point of origin at some point in time. It can be identified to origin where it derives from. All right, very good. Well, we're going to take another station break, service announcement. 
Stay tuned. We'll be back in just a bit. Again, this is Mrs. J Talk to the People. The host Jay had asked me to tell you all something, and that is to give thanks to all those who have stopped, took time to stop by and listen to Jay Talk to the People radio program. The program is an interaction-based platform for you guys and ladies, the people, to speak up and speak out. From current events to personal views to controversial matters, be part of this show, this new season, this new day. Welcome to Live from L.A. My guest today is from the old school, where invaluable theater training was the rule of thumb. He's toured Europe in Othello and has had memorable appearances on TV classics such as Bonanza, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and a host of others. But it is the rare genre of black horror films that gave him the role for which he is most known. During the surge of black exploitation films of the 70s, William Marshall gave a convincing portrayal of the terrifying but debonair vampire in the cult classic Blackula. Almost two centuries ago, the ruling elders of my people sent me, yes, and my bride to Europe on a mission to protest the slave trade. The slave trade? On that mission, I myself was enslaved. My wife murdered and I was placed under the curse of the undead. Our assassin was the vampire, Count Dracula. Oh, yes, we all remember <laughs> that. Please welcome William Marshall. How Thank are you. you? Welcome I'm to life. Frightened. I'm frightened. I am too. <laughs> Actually, it was like, who? Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, it's Halloween. You can be a little bit frightened. All right. <laughs> you can be Fine. a little bit I think frightened. I'll settle into that. <laughs> settle Thank into you. it. Yes. Well, we're glad to have you here and glad to see you. It, it is interesting because of all of the wonderful roles that you have had over the years, and you've had many. Blackula is the one that you're most known for. Why do you think that is that way? Well, it was a part of the so called exploitation period in the early 70s, when there was an outcry on the part of black artists and would-be producers, writers, for films that dealt with the lives of black folk, because mm -hmm. this had never really been done or considered very much in the United States. And um, I remember myself saying there were so many stories that uh -huh. black people uh, could have fit into very easily, <coughs> since you say there isn't much material about us. Mm -hmm. 
although we have the richest history of any folk walking this we earth. We do have a lot of history. Much of that history you brought uh, to this film. You were quite demanding about that, I understand. Well, well, quietly, yes. I thought it would make it a better film, and it what would make it a film that I could be in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you were telling a little bit of the story. We saw a brief part of it, but what was it that you brought to the film that you worked hard to convince The character's name was um, Andrew Brown when they handed me the script. Mm -hmm. And Andrew Brown, as you may know, is a character in uh, Amos and Andy of ages ago. That was not the finest thing that ever could have happened to us. Did the producers really, were they thinking about Andrew Brown from Amos and Andy, do you think, in well, 1972 when they did Blackula? That was the name of the character, okay. and I think they were old enough to know about Amos and Andy and the damaging effect that it had on us. I think there was something of a resentment on the part of many producers who uh, sensed this outcry mm -hmm. and didn't want our voices to ring resonantly about and create a, a new kind of genre. Right. So, and that they were interested in my playing the part, I explained that this was not a part that was going to um, be successful where they were concerned. They wanted to make money. Uh, this isn't it. They said, you need to have a property right. that will be of interest to your target audience. Sort of a hook that would yes. really make it work. So he, he's got to be meaningful. He's got to, when he becomes a, a vampire, he is no longer useful to his people. Um, so he sets out from Africa, as I see it, uh, trying to do something about putting an end to the slave trade. It's draining Africa of its people. Mm -hmm. It's a vile, vulgar thing. Right. And uh, that's his mission. He doesn't succeed, but at least he attempts. He attempts to succeed. Now, this is, you actually convinced them to change the script, and as we saw in the movie, uh, Blackula, before he became Blackula, was a prince from Africa. Prince Mamu Warode. How, was there much resistance at that time? To Absolutely. Do this? <laughs> what did they say to you? What kinds of things were? Oh, I don't. I don't think that will work. Uh, I mean, we don't want to deal with the substance of slavery. And I said, uh, well, we didn't want to either. <laughs> Had to. And I think that it hasn't been dealt with properly. You're listening to Jay Talk to the People Radio. All right, folks, Jay Talks to the People Radio, the host, Jay. I have my special guest, Mr. Baxter Aziz Bay. Once again, sir, thank you for your time coming on to the show today. All right, so with the... Last few moments of the show, the victim or defeatist nature, uh, people blame uh, multiculturalism for the behavior or quote-unquote multiculturalism for the behavior of so-called blacks or the aftermath of integration or after Black Wall Street in Oklahoma was destroyed, crime went up in the so-called black community. Is there really any connection here to all of that?
Are you there, sir? Mr. Baxter, are you there? I'm here, I'm here. Do you hear me? Okay, did you... Yes, did you hear the question or you want me to repeat it? Yeah, repeat. I didn't hear the question. Yeah, so just right quick, I was talking about the victim or defeatist nature. Uh, Some people blame so-called multiculturalism for the behavior of so-called blacks, the aftermath of integration, Black Wall Street in Oklahoma destroyed. After it was destroyed, crime went up in the so-called black community. Is there really a connection there? Well, that's going back pretty far there, you know what I'm saying? It's going back pretty far. There could be a, a connection somewhere down the line, but I don't want to focus on that connection. Uh, I don't want to look in the past. I'm trying to move forward into the future. Uh, what happened in the past happened in the past. Yes, we we must not forget the past, but I don't want to focus on the past. I want to look into the future, in the present, the present in the future. Now, what happened during Oklahoma is sad. It's very sad, but we can rebuild again. We have enough money economically to rebuild again. So let's just rebuild. Well, you still have folks today. Have you have what? Go ahead. You have what? Go ahead. Me, Go ahead. Speak on. You have folks what? I didn't hear that you, part, last part. You were speaking. Go on. No, I'm saying you have folks doing what? You have made a statement. I didn't hear it clearly. Yeah, so we have folks today that's, uh, that still bring up the past, you know, still bring up, you know, even with these films today with, the slavery era and the transatlantic slave trade is to blame, or they say it's to blame for uh, quote unquote black people behavior today, and it's been indoctrination conditioned by so called white supremacy, and that's being photographed by slave masters and owners. Uh, are we enslaved in any form of today, any slavery now? You 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 enslave yourself. <laughs> you enslave yourself mentally and psychologically. You enslave yourself. You enslave if you want to be in slavery. If you think you're in slavery, you're in slavery. If you think you're not in slavery, you're not in slavery. Okay. Now this I have a problem with this whole issue because I don't want to elaborate uh, or dwell on what happened in the past. Our condition today is a result of our self. We call the condition that we're in. Yes, they're forced to play the part in it. Yes, I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. But we play a bigger part in the condition we're in now today. Because we have the opportunity to get up out of it. We have our own people who can help us. We have enough talent and economic power to pull our people out of the condition and state they're in. Why are we not utilizing that? I mean, here you have Harlem right, ready to... How long did it get ready to be taken over? You have enough money to buy Harlem. You have enough money in Harlem to buy Harlem up. You could have brought all the buildings and housing development up yourself as a community. Church is bringing about over $7 billion a year collectively. Where's that money going? Where's it going? I mean, you have not provided no job for your community. Why do the other forces have to come out 
come into your community to provide a job for you. They should not have to do that. You should have enough money to provide a job for your own community. You have enough money to build your own housing. You have to rely upon the powers right. that be. All right, sir. We're, we're out of time. Uh, thank you for coming on to the show today. It kind of went by kind of fast. But thank you for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Peace and love. All right, folks. Thank you for tuning in. Stay tuned till the next time.